Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline busy. We've got legendary speeches. We've got personal recollections. We have Hall of Fame projections and plenty of time for your calls. On this Monday in August, let's do it. Here we go! Only one place to start. Well, it's one of my favorite days of the year. And it's certainly one of Hembo's favorite days of the year. Because down deep inside, I recognize that I'm a sports geek. And I also recognize that there is no greater sports geek than my main man, Hembo. So today is a day that he is just reveling in. Because this morning, our football geeks, our analytics crew, our football power index was released with all of the projections that it makes. And to be clear... When we tell you all the things we expect to happen, and I think we've got a pretty good track record of that on this program over the last few months, this is where they come from. These are the analytics. These are the projections. These are the numbers that tell you what has happened and what is likeliest to happen coming forward. So let's make this straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. I'll give you a few things you might want to keep a close eye on. And the way to do this is you take the FPI, you take the numbers that our analytics are giving you, And you compare them with what Las Vegas is telling you. Frequently, they line up. But almost as frequently, they don't. That's not physically possible, is it? (laughs) Things can't happen both directions frequently. Sometimes they don't. And that's what you're looking for. You're looking for the discrepancy. And I would say, in my experience, when they do go their separate ways, about half the time Vegas has it right and half the time our analytics have it right. So that's what you keep an eye on here. So let's start with this. The number one projection among the FPI is that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not the favorites to win the Super Bowl this year. Everyone is already handing that trophy to Tampa Tom and company. They brought everybody back. They're in the weaker conference. They've added pieces here and there. Brady just keeps getting better and better with age. But our football power index likes Kansas City better. Our FPI gives the Chiefs a 30% chance to get to the Super Bowl and a 19% chance to win it. It also likes a Super Bowl rematch as the likeliest matchup in the Super Bowl, but it's not very likely. There's only an 8% chance it winds up being Chiefs and Bucks again. So those are the easy ones. Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. Now let's get into some really interesting numbers. How important a week was last week in the NFL? Well, it was everything. Aaron Rodgers deciding to come in and play this year rather than retiring or forcing his way out of Green Bay changed absolutely everything. Green Bay has a 6% chance to win the Super Bowl. Now, let's be clear. That sounds like a small number. It is, in the scheme of things, a pretty big number. Without him, their chance of winning the Super Bowl would have been 0.2%. Aaron Rodgers is the difference between the, the, the Packers being a legit Super Bowl contender, and then being an absolutely terrible team. The AFC North is a complicated one, according to our projection. The Ravens and Browns are contenders, but they hurt each other's chances, which is to say because they play each other twice and they're vying for the same divisional crown, those are limiting factors when it comes to how many games they may win, their chances of getting the number one overall seed, which is the only one that gets the bye, all the different factors that come into this. It is the reason that I told you on television this morning that the the, the team to bet on... Well, let me hold that thought a minute. Let me hold that. I'll give you the team to bet on in a minute. Let me also tell you that RFPI suggests Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson the first two picks in this year's draft, both of whom have already been handed the starting jobs with their respective teams, 
FPI assumes that they are both going to struggle. The Jaguars are the 29th best team in the NFL, according to our analytics. The Jets are 30th. Now, here's what I'll tell you. The Jet fans I know are much more optimistic Mm. than that. I think the big question is the quarterback. The Jets have gotten a lot better. They were held back last year by a, a, a decimated roster. They were basically torn apart by the previous regime and torn down by the current regime in order to rebuild. Now they have added enormously to that. Their coaching can't get worse, so it has to get markedly better. And they bring in the quarterback. How big a deal is it that the quarterback didn't look good in this you know, simulated game or whatever it was they had the other day? It's not a big deal at all. It is basically meaningless. The things that happen on a football field on August 7th almost never have any say in what they're going to happen when the season actually begins. So those are some of the things that our FPI is telling us. But that doesn't tell the story of where I come in. All right, because where I come in is I tell you the things that you need to know. And there is one team for whom everything is coming up roses right now. Everything is coming up, George. Everything's coming up, Greeny. And everything is coming up, Tennessee Titans in the AFC. Just sit back and look at this. The AFC East is a gauntlet. You ready to hand that to Buffalo? I'm not. You ready to just decide that Bill Belichick, with everybody he's brought back and all the money that he spent and two interesting quarterback options on his team, that Belichick's team is going to stink? You're crazy. They're going to be good. They're going to be tough to get rid of. The Dolphins, if Tua is for real, the Dolphins are good. The Dolphins are a double-digit win team this year for sure. You can't hand that division to Buffalo. I just told you the Ravens and Browns are neck and neck in the AFC North. And, oh, by the way, if you think it's going to be such a cakewalk for Kansas City to get past the Chargers in the AFC West, I'm here to tell you I think you're wrong. You know who has a cakewalk? You know who's the easiest pick in the entire conference of any team in the entire sport to win their division this year? I think the easiest pick is Tennessee. The Titans have gotten better. They had a terrible defense. They've addressed it. They've added real pieces to their defense. They added Julio Jones to what was already an outstanding offense. They have A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, Derrick Henry, and the most underrated quarterback in recent memory in Ryan Tannehill. And look at their division. The Texans are the worst team in the sport. The Jaguars are not far behind. They're rebuilding around a dynamic, young, outstanding, hopefully, probably quarterback and a coach who seems not to have read up a lot on the league before he took this job. And then, maybe most of all, their primary rivals, the Indianapolis Colts, are imploding right before our eyes. The biggest concern with Carson Wentz has always been, A, his ability to stay healthy. Well, that didn't last long. He didn't even get to the first preseason game. And then, B, his psyche. And that's already a disaster. Are they going to bring in this guy? Are they going to bring in that guy? Are they better off if Jacob Eason starts and loses the first couple of weeks than they are if if Wentz plays? So you got all that going on. Plus, their best player, the best player on their team is the guard, Quentin Nelson, and he's out with the same injury. So the Colts have imploded before it even begins. Tennessee is going to run away and hide and win that division. And so that, to me, is the most important thing. If you want to take a little something to the bank, that, to me, is the thing that I'd be interested in taking a look at. 
if I were spending any time in Vegas or some similar place anytime particularly soon. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your car, home, motorcycle, commercial auto, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Meanwhile, I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? There are very few people who talk. Better than Peyton Manning does. Peyton Manning is just an outstanding talker. He's outstanding at so many things. He's among the greatest quarterbacks that ever lived. But imagine if every athlete had the appreciation for their sport that Peyton Manning does. Imagine what our little world of sports could be. Did you watch Peyton's speech last night? Peyton delivered one final masterpiece to the National Football League before he moves on to whatever it is his life is going to be now. The 2021 induction class wants to thank those previous inductees who gave long-winded acceptance speeches, forcing us to have a whopping six minutes to recap our football careers. I want to give a special thanks to my old rival, Ray Lewis, for being here tonight. Ray just finished giving his speech that he started in 2018. And speaking of rivals, my good friend Tom Brady is here tonight. By the time he is inducted, by the time Tom Brady is inducted in his first year of eligibility in the year 2035, he'll only have time to post his acceptance speech on his Instagram account. Football carved out a place for my favorite quarterback, my hero, my role model, my dad, Archie Manning, to pass on something he loved to me. You hear Peyton's voice breaking as he said that, and we played you sort of the more amusing parts, but the, the finish of his speech, where he talked about the responsibility and obligation that he feels and that all Hall of Famers should feel to pay it forward, to make the game even better for the next generation. It was beautifully said, and that's no surprise, because Peyton Manning is an extraordinary person, and I can give you a quick personal story I did uh, an event with him um, at at one of the casinos in Connecticut and this could not have been an easier gig for he or I all we had to do is basically show up I was going to ask him 30 minutes worth of questions he was take a picture with everybody in the room it was a, a VIP event for their high rollers and and then that was it and I have no idea how much he got paid for it I'm sure it was a lot I did okay too and and I was not planning on spending a lot of time thinking about it because asking Peyton Manning 30 minutes worth of questions is pretty easy to do and by the way that was part of a series where I interviewed a bunch of high profile athletes of all of them the only one who requested ahead of time that we meet and spend a little time planning out our presentation was Peyton Manning I went to his suite colossal by the way and we spent, he had note cards. He had things. He's like, Greeny, I can do this. I can do this. I got some really funny stuff on that. Why don't you ask me about this? Like the preparation for something he could easily have done asleep really jumped out at me. But it does bring to mind what I think is going to be an interesting question of the day. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. Our first question of the day for today is going to be, what does he do next? Like Peyton is coming here to ESPN, and you're aware of that. He's going to do a Monday night uh, telecast with his brother, and they're going to do stuff on ESPN Tour on the Monday night games, which is terrific. And that's another example. He's dabbled in this and dabbled in that. But at some point, Peyton Manning is going to have a second act. And I'm fascinated to, to see what it is. What does he want to do? Does he want to 
become a broadcaster, I mean, really full time and dedicate everything to it? Does he want to go into politics, which I think he could easily do? Does he want to go into some other form of show business where I think he could easily do? Is he going to own an NFL team, which he could probably do at the same time as doing a lot of these other things? There are a million options that I'm looking forward to seeing. So as we continue in a moment, I will ask that's question of the day to the members of the hashtag crew. And that's only question number one for today. Because my second question of the day is, is one reviled team in sports taking too much heat from you? That's a question. We'll answer it next. We're just getting started on this Monday. I'm Greeny on ESPN Radio. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny with not one but two questions of the day coming up in a moment. One about Peyton Manning, the other about whether or not one team in sports is getting too much Heat from you. Those are on the way after these 30 seconds from ZipRecruiter. How great is it when you get to choose your favorite movie to watch? ZipRecruiter's invite to apply lets you pick your favorites from the best candidates for your job. ZipRecruiter sends you qualified candidates, and you can easily invite your top choices to apply for your job. Lauren Webb is the SVP of Talent Acquisition for Mindula Health. She raves about ZipRecruiter's invite to apply. She says, I love the feature because we have a much higher follow-through rate if I invite candidates. You can go to ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y to try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. This is question number one of the day, and I will start with you, Nuno. Peyton Manning is a person who has unlimited options in his life. He gets into the Hall of Fame over the weekend. Obviously, no surprise there. He's dabbling in broadcasting. He has done some stuff for us at ESPN+. Plus. Now he's jumping a little more into the Monday night with the broadcast that they're going to do this year with him and Eli. It's not a full-time job at this point. Peyton Manning, again, is a person. Could he be Senator Manning, Governor Manning? President Manning, who knows what he might have his eyes on. Ownership of an NFL team, Hollywood stardom. What is your prediction? What is the next mountain, Nuno, that Peyton Manning decides to climb? I always thought it would be as an owner, 
But I saw Schefter tweet last night that about Peyton Manning and possibly being the NFL commissioner. Like, when I saw that tweet and started thinking about it, like, that makes sense if he wanted to do it. Okay, fair enough. I, I, will, I will let everyone weigh in before I tell you what I think of that. Hashtag Hembo is with us this morning as well. Hembo, what do you think is Peyton Manning's next mountain to climb? I mean, the answer is whatever he wants, right? Peyton Manning is talented enough to do literally whatever he wants in his post-football life. I view him, I guess, as something of a a football evangelist or a football, I guess, ambassador. So I think what, he, what he'll choose to do is whatever he can, whatever he wants in promoting that. And you know, hearing him talk over the weekend, I was kind of inspired. I was kind of moved. I was never someone who really liked Peyton Manning as a player, but he's someone who has to have as high a Q score as almost anybody in the world. So it's not obvious to me that he'd want to pursue politics. So whatever it is to him that grows football as much as he can, that's what he'll do. I do not believe he'll be the commissioner. Um, even though I think he'd be great at it. But I don't think he'd like it. And I don't think the people who decide who the commissioner is going to be would like it. Because there are a lot of decisions that a guy like Roger, and I say this with great, I have a lot of respect for Roger. But he's got to make a lot of business decisions. And he's got to make a lot of decisions that the owners need made that I don't know that a former player is going to be interested in making. I don't think Peyton wants all of that. I've always thought that politics was his future. Mm. I do. I, I, I would not be at all surprised if it's... I mean, I think he could, he could run for this, anything he wants in the state of Indiana right now and win it. Um, I've always thought that politics would be in Peyton's future, and I think they will. But no, probably not for another 10 years. He's got plenty of time to do a bunch of other stuff between now and then if he wants to. It will be fascinating to watch. Hey, did you know the Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide, and you can get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299, no contract. It's all on America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Meanwhile, you ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. I remain a believer. You can have two questions of the day. And here's the second. I'm going to jump through some of these a little more quickly than I planned to. We'll get back, Hembo, to some of the other baseball notes from the weekend. But I found this interesting. Joey Votto was on the Dan Patrick Show. And he said to Dan that he thinks the Astros are catching too much heat for the sign-stealing scandal across the 2017 and 18 seasons, one of which, of course, ended in the Astros winning the World Series. He said baseball fans should move on. Hembo, I know no bigger baseball fan than you. Is Joey Votto right? Should fans move on from the Astros cheating scandal? No, Joey Votto is not right. And Joey Votto is someone I like and respect a great deal. But we're the customer. The fans are the customer, and the customer is always right. So if the customer decides that we want to give the Astros a hard time every time they come to our home ballpark, if we want to consider Carlos Correa and Jose Altuve and others cheaters, then we're allowed to do so. And you know why? Because Major League Baseball told us that they were. And because once it was discovered that they were, they handled it terribly. Terribly. So I'm still not over it myself, and it's of no place to Joey Votto to tell me how to feel about who it. To- who handled it terribly, baseball or the Astros? Both, but the Astros individually handled it terribly. Those guys have been, uh, they've been arrogant. They've been standoffish. They've, they, they elected not to attend the All-Star game as not to get booed, amongst other things. And I think there's a real feeling around the game that they've gotten off scot-free because none of them had to face any punishment aside from the managers, of course. And that still rubs me the wrong way. Okay. Now, I didn't put into the equation the most important part of what Joey Votto said. The reason he said that fans should move on is because, quote, the idea that the Astros were the only ones doing something wrong just baffles me, end quote. So, 
Does it change your perspective when I tell you he's saying fans should move on because what the Astros were doing, essentially, everyone was doing, they're just the ones who got caught. Well, that is true, and we know that because Major League Baseball sort of you know, dinged the Red Sox for doing the same thing, and obviously Alex Cora, as, as Red Sox manager, had to take a year off. That was, of course, for his time in Houston, but we know that this was a big problem for baseball, not just with the, uh, with the Astros. We do know that the Astros did so most egregiously, just like in the case of the steroid era. We know, or think we know, a few high-profile players that sort of have to bear that cross. And in this case, that's the Astros. If Major League Baseball did a full-on investigation and we found out that 15 or 20 teams were doing this stuff and the public knew that, it would be one thing. That did not happen. So am I willing to take Joey Votto's word for it? Sure. But the Astros did it. They won the World Series in large part because of it. And I'm not going to change my feelings over that for a long, for, for a long, long time. I'm just not going to get over it. Well, the teams they beat in very tough series in that postseason were the Yankees and the Dodgers. We just heard from the Dodger fans last week booing loudly. <laughs> Let me ask a Yankee fan, Nuno, are you, do you, what Joey Votto tells you, you need to move on from the Astros sign-stealing scandal. What do you say? Two things. Yeah, no, nah, that's not happening. Uh, because <laughs> the players that were affected by this were, haven't moved on. And second of all, the reason we can't move on is because the MLB did a bad job when they investigated this. Because they kind of did that, what is it, that half, you can't be half pregnant thing? It's like they knew other teams were doing this. They should have came down hard on these teams. They didn't. So now we as fans get to boo and yell and all that good stuff. Okay, fair enough. So let me just ask you a question. When Garrett Cole takes the mound for the Yankees next, do you boo him? No, I just want... Was there a more important player on that team than Garrett Cole was? That team that you booed? And Garrett Cole, who, by the way, has been, I think to at least tacitly demonstrated to be a cheater again this year because he was basically the central figure in the Sticky Stuff scandal. So we're very particular about which cheating we will and will not First of all, is it cheating if it's kind of allowed without being allowed? Like, Is no, it cheating if no. everyone is doing it? That's what Joey Votto is saying. No. Well, guess what? But MLB put the Astros as the – the sacrificial lambs, and they cheated. They, they, they cheated my Yankees, so I'm going to yell. They had no choice because one, one player went out and told, I think it was Sports Illustrated, this was going on, and they baseball just couldn't pretend that it had not existed. Here's, Go ahead. Here's why I'm not on Joey Votto's side, because after this came out and we learned of all the things that the Astros had done, around the league, roundly, they were publicly criticized and shamed by every notable player in baseball, including Mike Trout, including all, uh, Clayton Kershaw, the guys that we admire and respect. So if at that time, the, ba- the, the sort of baseball intelligentsia said, this is unacceptable and worse than anything else that's going on, who am I to now three years later say, well, maybe if others were also kind of cheating, forget it. No, 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 no. At the time, it was a huge deal, and I'm not willing to forget that. Time, to me, is not going to heal this wound. You know what I think? I think we're going to open the phones on this a little later. I hadn't planned on that, mm. but I think this is a better subject than I realize. I'm going to come back to it. Our baseball discussion, by the way, brought to you by Samsung Galaxy. You won't be able to go back to mediocre after this. Are you ready for this life? Find out at samsung.com slash reserve. But right now, I want to change the topic completely. So over this weekend, the sporting world lost a genuine legend. Bobby Bowden, who had one of the most extraordinary runs in college football or any coaching history, died early yesterday morning at the age of 91. 
He has maybe the, the holder of the most impressive statistic that I've ever heard. His Florida State teams finished in the top five of the AP poll 14 straight years. Not only is that the longest streak of its kind in college football history, it's twice as long as any other streak. So that's one of the great runs that we've ever seen. But in everything that I've heard over the last 36 hours or whatever it's been since we got word of his passing, his former players have not talked about him as a great coach. They've talked about him as a great man. And I wanted to bring on one of those players. It's our friend Christian Ponder who joins us here. And obviously he was a terrific quarterback for Bobby Bowden right at the end of Bowden's tenure at Florida State. And so, Christian, I, I know this is a sad time, and I really appreciate you doing this. How are you feeling this morning? Yeah, I, I, you know, I think sadness is one way to describe it. I think um, probably the resounding feeling for most of us is just uh, looking back and, and just having such appreciation for who he, who he was, and you touched on it. I mean, I think we, you know, we, we came to Florida State. We walked in the door because of the wins and because of, of the, that program, but we left um, with just much more appreciation of the relationship with, with Coach Bowden. Well, tell us about it, Christian, because, I mean, to the world, we all knew him as – A, this extremely charming, folksy, you know, grandfatherly figure (laughs) towards the end. And and obviously the wins speak for themselves. But tell us about getting to know the man and what he meant in your life. Yeah, look, he he broke the mold, right, of of what a traditional head coach of a a big time football program looked like in college football. Um, He was so joyful. He was hilarious. Right. I mean, everyone brings up the the jokes about his wife and. but he was authentic, right? I think that that that's hard to describe a, a lot of coaches this, these days. I think authentic is the best way to describe him. And he cared deeply, right? Like, I, I think what made him so unique, right, is he had this eternal hope that was rooted in his faith, right? And, and he knew that this life w- was not all that there is. And that freed him up to not find his purpose in the wins and loss columns, right? He got his purpose um, not from football, but in football. And that purpose was to love and serve and care for his people, right? His coaches, his players, his family. And I think the byproduct of that was people bought in. People loved Coach Bowden. And, and the byproduct was 377 wins. And, and that number really pales in comparison to um, the number of lives that he impacted. I mean, full, full trajectories of, of people's lives were changed because they came to that program. He was a father to so many people. And I, I literally, I, I owe my life to him, right? And so he gave a scholarship to my dad. My dad grew up in, in rural Georgia, uh, South Georgia, was the first one to go to college because Coach Bowden gave him a scholarship. He, he met my mom at Fleur State. And so I, I literally owe my wife to, to Coach Bowden. Mm-hmm. But um, as you said, I think people care more about their relationship with him than, than what they ever did on the field. Can you give us a story, Christian, that you just remember about, about a time when you were playing for him that you realized that for him it was more than that, that he cared about you in a different way than just caring about how well you played quarterback? Yeah, well, I, I think it was, first of all, everyone felt that way. I think everyone, first of all, so right fr- Friday nights we had our meetings before the games, and he spent much more time talking about faith and talking about off the field stuff and, and, and what does it look like to become a man than he ever did talk about football, right? Like, and, and the night before the biggest games against Miami, against Florida, that was his priority. That was not, you know, yeah, he would talk about, okay, these are the things we need to do. And it's funny, like his, you know, the one thing he always talked about was like to win a football game, it's about blocking and tackling, right? Like he made that so simplistic. And sounds so easy, but because his priority was 
everything off the field and how you become a man and, and, and your faith and what your priorities are. And, um, you know, he, he was so funny. Even like it was so simplistic when it came to football, he, he was so good about relegating power to the coaches. Like he didn't want to uh, micromanage everything, but the one time he would ever come into uh, our, our quarterback meetings was, it was always about if, if we threw a goal ball and we didn't put enough air on it, he would always come in on the dry erase board and he'd draw these stick figures and he'd draw this huge arc of how you're supposed to throw the football. <laughs> and it was always this like little diagram of, and that, and that was his, like, that was his priority in, in coming to the quarterback room um, when, when specifically talking about football, but it was never, it was never just about football. It was about so much more. You know, it's remarkable because there are multiple generations of people my age and even a little older who only think of Florida State as always having been good. I mean, Florida, they've always been yeah. good, but they don't realize that before he got there, that was not the case. He took a program that had not had a lot of success and made it a perennial winner and brought in great players like this one. Christian, I, I really appreciate the, the recollections here today. My best to the family. Say hello to Sam for us, and we'll see her soon. And uh, thank I you will. for doing this. All right, thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. That's Christian Ponder on the Goodyear Hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. He he was the quarterback on the last great Florida State teams um, that Bobby Bowden had. Their their tenures at the school sort of ended at the same time, and then Coach Bowden went on and and and, and you know continued to make a difference in his life. And and he was uh, only really infirm for the last year or so of his life. So he lived a long, healthy, wonderful life. My personal recollection of him that I'll just share which really is, is it's, so, it's so much more specific to me than it is to him that I almost feel a little uncomfortable because we should be celebrating his life. But what I do remember most vividly, he won the second of his national championships on January 4th, 2000. It was the 99 season, um, but it was January 4th of 2000 when he played in the championship game, beat Michael Vick and Virginia Tech. So that was January 4th of 2000. We started a show called Mike and Mike in the Morning on January 3rd of 2000, literally the day before that. And so on our third day doing that show, Bobby Bowden came on. He had won the championship the night before, and he did our show. And that was the first time I ever thought to myself, we really may have something here. You know, like if if the coach of the national championship winning team is, is going to take our call, you know, whatever it was, seven hours after winning this thing. And so I've always, that's always stuck in my head. Now, again, that, that, that was a great team, and, and it, was, it was obviously much more about him than anything else. But that, there's something about that that has always sort of remained with me. And he was so charming. He, he was an extraordinarily charming person. I, um, there is a certain way of being charming that people in the South, I mean this completely, I, I mean this as sincerely as I hope it sounds, that, that, that people like me who are from New York like are easily disarmed by that. Like he's just so charming and so folksy. And obviously by the time I was around, he was a much older man. So he really had sort of a grandfatherly quality about him. Now, he couldn't have been further from my grandfathers, both of whom were from Poland and spoke English with a, with a decided accent um, that was quite different from his. <laughs> So he was like a grandfatherly figure, not like mine. Um, but I loved him. I just there was something about the guy that I just loved, and, and I've always had that connection. So I always rooted for him. I, oh, no matter who they played in big games from that point forward, I always rooted for them. And it, when in doubt, I always rooted for him in those games. And so, look, obviously it's a sad time, and we send our thoughts to his family and his close friends. 
But when a person lives 91 extraordinary years, accomplishes everything that he accomplished, and leaves this earth with as much love around him and as many people saying the things about him that Christian Ponder just did, it's about all any of us can ask for. So I think more than anything, it feels to me like a day to celebrate a life lived extraordinarily well. I will pause briefly on that thought. Coming up next, we are now 39 minutes into this show, and we have not yet mentioned the biggest sports story in the world. We will tell you what that was next after this word from Straight Talk Wireless. So 5G is here, but the big carriers want you to sign a pricey long-term contract to get in on the action. Well, not anymore. Because Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide with plans starting at just $35 a month with no contract. You can get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299, all on America's best networks. 5G coverage, 5G phones, less money, straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. 5G-capable devices required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Back in a moment on ESPN Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. Hey, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio, brought to you in part by Samsung Galaxy. Reddit user Ja. 1073 says, you got to look yourself in the mirror and ask, am I ready for this life? You won't be able to go back to mediocre after this. Are you ready for this life? Find out at samsung.com slash reserve. Meanwhile, the scoop. We're now 47 minutes into the show, and we are finally going to mention what was the biggest sports story on planet Earth this weekend. And it was not anything that happened at the Olympics, and it was not anything that happened in Canton, Ohio. And it was not anything that happened on a baseball diamond near or far from you. It was, and I will give Nuno 30 seconds to explain to everyone who doesn't already know why it's such a big deal. It was Lionel Messi, the greatest soccer player in the world, and his tearful divorce from Barcelona, where he has made himself a legend. And I will admit, Nuno, I need the education on this. Tell everybody why this happened and why it is the biggest sports story on planet Earth. The simplest thing is... Barcelona's finances are so messed up um, that they can't afford them afford afford him. The league wouldn't allow them to sign 
Messi back, even at a 50% discount. Um, and I've tried to equate it what it would truly be. It would kind of be like with Brady leaving um, the Patriots, but if Roger Goodell said, hey, he's not allowed to come back. That's the thing. Like, sometimes I read about things that happen in, in international soccer, and in European soccer in particular, and I, I am the first to admit, I don't know almost anything about it. I didn't grow up following it. I, I know enough about it to cover it for television, which I've done for years, but I don't know the ins and outs. And every now and again, things like this happen, and I find myself thinking, how do they deal with this? Like, what kind of system is this? If this stuff happened in American sports, we'd lose our minds. Like, what's going on right now on the first take in Barcelona? Like, what is Esteban A. Smith saying right now on, on primer take? Primero take. He's got to be losing his mind, right? Like, if, if Tom Brady or pick the best player. In the NBA, players change teams all the time. But, like, if when Kobe was alive, like, the Laker finances had gotten so bad that the, the league wouldn't allow the Lakers to re-sign Kobe, and he went and cried and played somewhere else, even though he didn't want to. Can you imagine what would happen here? Like, no, no, how does this, how is this allowed to go on? It's just a complete and utter mess. Uh, and it's actually funny because I watched guys like Jorge Ramos, uh, who works for ESPN Deportes, on the day that it was announced that he wasn't coming back. And it felt like someone died. It tr- like, it was amazing TV that just, like, the despair that everyone had. It, it's crazy. It's just... The real quick with La Liga, they all have a salary cap, but it's not like a league salary cap. It's based upon every team and their finances, and it's just like, hey, you're only allowed to spend this. How do they have a salary cap? <laughs> These guys make like $400 million a year. It's part of that. Like, there's guys that they just have these ridiculous contracts, and Barcelona has been, you know, has given them out to everyone, and now this is part of this where they've lost the arguably the greatest player ever. The greatest? That's the point. People will tell you this guy might be the greatest player ever. Again, I, I won't pretend that I'm going to get myself in the middle of that, but one way or another, I, I, I thought it was worth a couple of minutes on this show today. I'm sure there are people all over this country who are fascinated by that. I think it is an increasingly popular thing here. In the meantime, there's something I'm, I want to just spend a moment on. I don't have time to play it all for you and all that kind of stuff because we ran a little longer on a few other things that I meant to. But I did want to make mention, you may have seen this, that when the American man won the gold medal at the Olympics uh, a couple of nights ago, which was not the foregone conclusion that it has been in many other cases, they lost a game to France at the beginning of the tournament, they were behind in a lot of games, and they were, in fact, they struggled a little bit in this championship game before they finally won it. I saw a video of Kevin Durant and Draymond Green Walking to the press conference, they have not yet showered. They're still dressed in their, in their um, Olympic uh, uniforms and have their gold medal. So this is something in the neighborhood of 15 minutes after their game. And they are responding to the haters. They literally just film themselves just talking trash at the haters. And in particular, our, our, our colleague and friend Kendrick Perkins. Which is fine. Kendrick is a lawyer. I was going to say he's a, he's a grown man. He's an overgrown man. He's a huge man. He can more than defend himself. But what I thought was most interesting about that was in this moment of triumph, you just won a gold medal representing your country. Pretty much the first thing on their mind was all the haters. And what does that tell you? I'll tell you what I think it does. 
Because that's Michael Jordan used to manufacture this stuff. I think it tells you that this stuff as an obsession for athletes today. The negativity, and it is exclusively, I believe, because of social media. That negativity has gone from something that is passive in their lives to something that is active in their lives. It is a part of them every minute of their days. Every minute of their lives. And so in this moment of triumph, when you just won an Olympic gold medal, pretty much the first thing on their minds was, see, I told you. See, stick it, Kendrick, and everybody else that they were going at. And there's something about that that I find a little sad. Because this should be a moment of celebration, and I'm not suggesting it wasn't. But the haters are far too important in our society today, and I don't know what we do about it. Continue in a moment. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.